0: The Army is feeling the effects of COVID-19 on recruiting. Still, brass think they'll slide in under the wire for this year's enlistment goals. Meanwhile, the National Guard is preparing for hurricane season, which will put more stress on an already busy force. Just some of the stories Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has been following as he joins us with an update on a busy week in the Defense Department. And Scott, let's start with the Army. Recruiting, everything seems to affect recruiting. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) they managed to make their numbers. What's the latest?
1: Yeah, well, the, right now they're they're a little bit down, and they started noticing this downward trend in April, which you would expect, since the COVID nineteen issues started in in March and things started shutting down. So what they're seeing is they're down about four thousand in April. They saw they were down with uh, with privates coming in at a, uh, about. 2000 in April. So those privates, they were down down about 2000. And what they were able to do during those months that uh, things were were pretty much in lockdown was to keep going virtually. So they would reach out during Facebook, over Instagram, all those different types of things. And, you know, they had already sort of pivoted virtually in some ways uh, to begin with, because that's really where kids are these days, you know, on the internet, on video games, and, and those sorts of platforms. So uh, you know that was how they sort of were able to at least keep the wheels turning and uh you know what they found was that they got about fourteen and a half thousand people in april uh sixteen and a half to to seventy is really their their yearly uh, average.
0: I get it. I can see where people might think to themselves, "Gee." I'll leave the safety of quarantine and social distancing and join an organization while, where I'll be jammed in a dorm with 2,000 other people, <laughs> cheek by jowl, for the next nine weeks. So, well, you know, so they're doing pretty well, but they're still confident that they'll overcome the shortfall by the end of their fiscal, I guess, is how they measure recruiting.
1: Yeah. And, and the reason for that is just plain and simple job security. They're just not expecting the sort of attrition that they would expect uh, without COVID-19. We're seeing unemployment rates getting as high as 13% nationally, and then in other areas, you know, even more drastic. So people are staying in. What they're thinking is they're going to need to recruit about sixty three to 65,000 people. Like I said, they're about 4,000 down from that, but they think that they can make that up. Uh, And and what they're going to do is they have certain pushes throughout the year that they can make this up with. One of them is coming up actually at the end of the month called National Hiring Day, where they ask anyone who's been in the Army to sort of be their own recruiter and reach out to anyone they can to try and convince them to join the Army. So the important thing that they've talked about is quality over quantity. And even if they don't make those goals, uh, you know, the the quality will be there.
0: Yeah, and you can't join and get a bonus like a new Kenwood receiver or anything. So you just have they to do, do get a
1: little money sometimes though.
0: All right. So they can buy <laughs> their own Kenwood receiver. I'm dating myself. And hurricane season for the National Guard, and the National Guard is deployed for I guess several reasons in a lot of places right now, aren't they?
1: They yeah, they they're deployed for the uh, you know, civil unrest in some cities right now, they're deployed for COVID-19 uh, relief, and now, you know, we're going to be seeing hurricane season. And then also don't forget that they do national or international deployments over in places like Europe and Korea and and other uh, areas that we have bases. So what they're expecting from, from the weather uh, experts is a really a busy season. They're expecting 30% more hurricanes than usual. That could be up to 16 storms this year. Obviously the places that are going to be hit the most are going to be places like Florida, Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, So they're preparing. And if you remember, over the past couple of years, we saw uh, Air Force Base Tendle get completely destroyed by Hurricane Michael, also Camp Lejeune uh, getting some damage. So uh, these hurricanes are nothing to be reckoned with.
0: Yes, for the military facilities themselves and for the surrounding areas where the governors might call out the National Guard. Exactly. And, you know, we heard about deployment fatigue in Iraq and Afghanistan for all those years. Is there deployment fatigue among the National Guard regiments? There
1: is. And, you know, I talked to the Adjutant generals of both Florida and Texas, and they said it's highly likely that the people, uh, some of their National Guard members, have participated in all three of the deployments that I just talked about. So that's the protest, um, you know, quote unquote control, the uh, the quarantine sort of issues, and then also the now hurricane. So, you know, that's a lot of deployments that people are coming back, having to leave their jobs and then go back out again. And actually, uh, over this past month, more than uh, at one point, they had more than 120,000 deployed at one point. That's a quarter of the whole National Guard force, which is over 400,000 people. It's a record since World War II. So what they're trying to do is not only reach out to employers and try and make sure that there's still the flexibility there, but also say thank you and uh, you know provide any help to these National Guard members that they can. But uh, you know they, that is on the top of these generals' minds that they want to make sure their people are not too tired.
0: I imagine that the deployments for the civil unrest, which are mostly descended into vandalism at night, must be really the most tiring or the most fatiguing part of it, because you're dealing with people that might be shouting back, and it's not like dealing with an effect like a storm, but it's dealing with angry people, and nobody's standing there sticking a daisy down your gun barrel, are they?
1: <laughs> I guess they're not, yeah.
0: We were speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mascione. And the other big news you've been really on top of is the issuance of the drafts of the National Defense Authorization Acts in the House and the Senate. They're both getting underway there. And there are a lot of personnel provisions. There
1: are. And, and, you know, there usually are a good bit of personnel provisions. Over the Trump administration, we've seen a pretty high increase of of raises when it comes to pay for military service members. Uh, Once again, they're asking for a 3% raise uh, for military service members. And that will, uh, you know, they already got a 3% raise last year. Another thing that we're seeing is that the military treatment facilities and medical staff, something you and I talked about, Yesterday, uh, they're putting a hold on the restructuring and the cutting of the medical staff and military treatment facilities. So something that uh, you know, the Defense Department was ready to get going with uh, to maybe save money, to maybe restructure. There's some debate about that, but uh, you know, that's, uh, that's another thing that may be put on hold for a year. Uh, one of the other things that's interesting is they're requiring a detailed report for force structure from the Space Force, and that's going to include the number of personnel they'll have. The this brave. is House
0: or Senate, by the way. This is the house. house. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
1: This is going to be the, the number of personnel, grades, specialties that will be transferred, any new civilian personnel. You know, really, they're just trying to see how big this force is really going to get. Uh, and one other thing that I found interesting is that they're creating a new military civilian task force on domestic violence. And what's interesting about this is that it stems from some of the shootings that have happened uh, on bases and from military veterans. What they found is a correlation between domestic violence and violence in other violent crimes. So, um, you know, something they want to keep an eye on and see if they can reduce if possible.
0: And whatever happened to the whole sexual harassment, the effort to reduce it that was going on for some time pushed by Capitol Hill? Is that still is that anything about that in the NDAA? And otherwise, are they supposed to report on it further and, and so on?
1: Yeah, so they, they have a couple of provisions in there. One is a coordination of support for survivors of sexual trauma. It requires the Secretaries of Defense and Veterans Affairs to jointly implement and coordinate a standard of care for uh, people with sexual trauma. One of the other things that they're looking at is um, you know questions regarding racism and anti-Semitism in the workplace. So they're doing surveys to kind of root that out. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other provisions that, that are interesting along those lines of policies to address uh, opioid prescription abuse, um, adult residential treatment facilities for eating disorders. So they're really sort of looking at the, the holistic uh, service member, which is something that maybe the military didn't do before, but they're realizing is helping with training, helping with, uh, with getting talent and keeping people within the military.
0: Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to check out all of his stories at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com/podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.